It's time for Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And here is your host, Inside Towers business editor, John Celentano. Hey, everybody. Here we go with another edition of the Tower Talks. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. An annual subscription also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. The 2022 Volume 4 issue is available now, and we're already working on the 2023 Volume 1 issue. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com slash intelligence. You know, Towers is in our name, but our readers know that we cover the full digital infrastructure ecosystem, including towers, fiber, data centers, and small cells. They all operate under a similar shared infrastructure business model, but deploying these assets, particularly data centers, comes with very different requirements than putting up towers. Our guests today have experience in working with their clients on such projects. Joining me are Jake Remington, Senior Counsel, and Rodney Carter, Partner, both with the telecom practice at the law firm Hush Blackwell. Jake, Rod, welcome again uh, to Tower Talks. Thanks, John. Good to be here. Yeah, thank you, John. Happy to be here. Great. Um, give, a, give us a bit of background on, on how you are involved with data centers. Oh, John, so our practice is um, increasingly focused on data centers as uh, you know, the trend and uptick in their development continues. We're involved on really both sides of the issue, representing both developers, tenants of those centers, some mm-hmm. carrier-related clients yep. Yep. Um, with the firm, some data center operators uh, who are leasing space, and then, as I say, some tenants who are picking up space. Yeah, that that's right. And I think that's, you know, it's a recognition of the, the critical part of data centers in the, you know, call it neural network and digital infrastructure ecosystem. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're just seeing uh, uh, an explosion, um, certainly in 2022 and, and um, forecast growth, continued growth in 2023. Yeah, yeah. And, and to, just to, to, again, level set what we're talking about here, there are different types of data centers, right? Um uh, and, you know, we, we, we're generally all familiar with them. You have the, the very largest, the hyperscalers. You have co-location data centers that are, are shared by many tenants. You have carrier hotels, which is a type of co-location data center. And um, there might be one or two other types that, have, you know, and, and this is not really even counting edge, edge data centers. But um, um, there are parallels with the tower business, are there not? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think you know, no two data center is the same in its its footprint or power uh, capabilities. Location is obviously important, but but I I find that there's five types, and you you named a few: hyperscale, enterprise, single entity data centers, multi tenant or co location data centers, um, the edge or micro data centers, and then mm-hmm. container or modular data centers. Um, as to the edge or micro data centers, that that's where I see a lot of parallel um, in actuality between data centers and the tower business, um, given that the purpose and the, the use case for the edge or micro is to reduce latency and bring that 
uh, you know, neural mainframe closer to the actual mm -hmm. power so that um, the end user experiences less uptime, um, you know, when you want to look at that photo of your, of your son or daughter or send, you know, a 4K video up into the cloud uh, right. and access it uh, immediately. Uh, the, the way that um, the, the data centers in that regard and the towers kind of uh, go hand in hand is, is critical. And especially in terms of some of the major tower companies um, uh, focusing on edge and micro data centers and yes. having that as a segment of their business. Yes. They use the, the, um, uh, their leverage, their portfolio towers to offer, you mm -hmm. know, proximal connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And certainly fiber coming to the tower, you need fiber to that data center as well. So um, the, uh, you mentioned the, the, the edge or micro data center seems to be a growth area. Um, you know, obviously the demand for data center capacity hasn't, at least from what we can tell, isn't slowing down. It's just how much capacity can be brought on stream uh, seems to be more the issue these days in terms of building and building out existing buildings or constructing new buildings and running power to those sites. Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it, it's, you know, what Rod and I do commercial real estate um, and development work. Um, Data centers, I would say, are commercial real estate, but it's a very niche area and it's a very mm -hmm. intensive um, use. So, you know, to your point, it, it's not as easy as just um, buying a piece of land and building a warehouse. Um, there's there are many considerations that have to be made in terms of power supply, cooling, um, and connectivity. So, mm -hmm. the demand is there, but it doesn't necessarily mean the you know the supply, so to speak. Is able to feed it in a way that is mm -hmm. that that keeps up with that demand. Mm -hmm. Are the are the permitting and licensing issues similar to putting up a tower, or there are there? I would assume there are variants of, of what those requirements are. But um, maybe you could talk a little bit about you know what's it what's it take before you even break ground to to put up a data center. Sure. So I think data centers have a lot of the same qualities as we look at when we're um, citing a tower, um, but they add an extra layer of complexity um, because they're using um, different municipal services. And really, I think are more taxing on municipal services mm -hmm. than traditional towers. You know, when we're talking about citing towers, the big pushback is um, safety concerns, which can't be legitimately considered. And um, how's it going to look? And aesthetics. Data centers, we can make look really pretty. So that concern goes by the wayside. But, um, you know, when you're looking at um, permitting a data center, first hurdle is really to make the community understand what it is you're trying to do. And does that use, where does it fall within their zoning code? Typically, when you're citing a tower um, and tower infrastructure, municipalities have code provisions in place. And Jake and I have been involved with other, with, with clients fairly recently, where we've gone to the community. The community has embraced the concept of a data center going in, but they don't know if it's a permitted use, a conditional use, or if it fits within the zoning code, because a lot of the zoning codes were enacted without um, really thinking about 
yeah. data centers. Yeah. In terms of you know what what you would want to look at uh, for municipal services in in uh, development and deployment, um, you know first from a very broad brush ten thousand foot view is you know can you find a location that might incentivize uh, development of the data center your project. You know, there are areas that, that want this type of business and they'll go out of the way uh, to establish a partnership with you. Um, and they're going to be aligned with your business goals. You know, they you want the new facility. They want development in their new technology park or industrial corridor. And you're going to give that to them and you're going to bring jobs and, and other things that, that come with it. Um, but then Data centers, you have to look at um, what sort of um, demand are you going to place on municipal services, particularly with utilities. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the statistic that I read recently, which is amazing, is that 1% of the world's electricity goes to cloud computing. So obviously, these things are taking an enormous amount of power consumption. Um, and, and likewise, water may come in. Water, yeah. Yeah. Um, too. So, so what is, you know, what are you going to take in the way of utilities? There's also um, air permitting issues with um, facilities that use diesel, diesel generators. Yeah. And depending yeah. on where you're um, geographically located, um, certain population centers could become an environmental justice area of concern, which means that then you you fall into a situation almost like we have with traditional towers where you have neighborhood notification and public hearings and, and things like that. So there's a, a whole nother layer of complexities, not necessarily bad complexities, but different complexities than what we've been used to um, dealing with in the tower siting business. You know, we, we mentioned uh, carrier hotels as a, a type of data center. And I'm aware of, and I know you have some examples too, uh, downtown buildings being converted into um, a so-called carrier hotel. Um, does that, the, the modification of an existing building come under a different type of um, consideration than if you're building a, a new site somewhere? I mean, it still requires power and water and, you know, its utilization is gonna be different than what the building was originally intended. To, does that bring uh, uh, different considerations into the into the play? Well, so it may, and there again, um, you may have some um, tax credits or incentivizing that could go on mm -hmm. in restoring a site. The thing that immediately comes to mind, and that Jake and I have discussed, is what type of uh, structure are you restoring? And this may be more of a, if you're talking of a hoteling situation. What's a concern if I'm going to be a tenant in that hotel? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's the condition of the building? What reps and warranties are you giving me that the walls aren't going to leak or the ceiling's not going to fall in um, on this building that you're, mm -hmm. you're rehabbing? Mm -hmm. Well, that, those kind of considerations come into the agreements that the tenants have with the data center operator? Yeah, certainly. I mean, those are some of the legal considerations that you want to look at, both from an operator and a tenant standpoint is, you know, what reps and warranties are being made? Are you taking the space as is? You know, what indemnity, indemnity obligations exist um, and for what type of, of, um, of acts or, or events 
Um, you know, certainly the main things you're looking for is uh, sufficient space, power, cooling, and connectivity. Um, and you know, each, each subset of that is going to be addressed in a in a co-location services agreement. Um, you know, you think of um, SLAs. You know, what what kind of uptime yeah. are you you know requiring here, and are they mm -hmm. going to guarantee? What's the you know what's the result if they don't meet their SLAs? You know, rent credits, those sorts of things. So those are all um, those are all considered when you're drafting and negotiating these types of agreements on on behalf of either an operator or a tenant. And I think if you're a tenant, the other thing that you need to do in these situations is take a look at who your operator is. Um, because we see some very sophisticated operators who have a number of facilities and have an established presence and others who are newcomers to the market. Right. Um, that's not a bad thing. Um, but with newcomers um, comes a certain lack of, of having dealt with things um, historically and having um, established indemnification provisions, as Jake said, or other things in your lease agreement. So we've seen really all sorts of, of um, agreements with varying levels of sophistication hmm. uh, that our clients have been presented with by um, owner-operators. Hmm. So we, you mentioned they cover the, a lot of the, the basic, uh, um, the, the renting space, the renting power, um, obviously security is a consideration, you know, heating and cooling and mainly cooling, uh, these things tend to heat themselves. Right. Um, but, um, uh, escalators are built into these uh, agreements as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another aspect of too, is, is, is rent. I mean, rent. And I, I know I read somewhere that, um, and I think it's pretty well con the consensus that rental rates are going up in 2023. Hmm. Um, and rent is certainly at play in, in addition to escalators, um, especially when you're when there's stickiness, right? I mean, if you're in yeah. an area where, to your your earlier example, it is the you know the downtown hotel carrier hotel mm -hmm. um, in a metropolitan area uh, that is is set up to serve as a data center. Um, if you're a tenant. I mean, do you have the ability to uh, shop elsewhere? And in some, in many cases, you don't. Um, um, you're, you're captive. The rent goes up, and the cost of um, moving your equipment and yeah. the availability of space may not be there. So, so rent is always an issue, um, and and often a negotiating point. Yeah, you, you know, we you mentioned uh, before we get on the call about our article on the outlook for uh, data centers and, and the, the, the shift or at least the consideration to look at secondary markets for available land and power. Um, do these, the considerations you've covered here, do they change at all when we're looking at um, say a more of a, a suburban or, or rural market as an, as a location for a data center versus in a, in a highly concentrated area? Well, so I, I think that they do. Um, you know, the, the most immediate problem that more rural areas um, have is the, the term latency, which um, Jake brought up, and that's distance and proximity, mm -hmm. proximity to users. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that obviously is, is something that's 
um, satisfied more in an urban type setting. But urban type settings have their their drawbacks. You know, um, generally you're looking at less space, higher taxes, um, things like that. And as you move out, um, you know, more suburban spaces probably going to have more industrial parks and and yeah. Uh, yeah. time with uh, utilities, yeah, and things like that. Uh, and then rural, we're back to the the digital divide that we mm. talk about so often with. Um, with tower and with fiber and with with things of that nature where it gets tougher. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and certainly there's there's power constraints too. I mean in, in the uh you know in the principal data center areas like Silicon Valley and Northern Virginia, it, it it's there's they're at capacity, you know, and, and they're getting to the point where it well they are where um you know the municipalities are 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 unable to meet the demand. And so um, you need you need the power availability in addition to that space, so that that's where we see and, and expect to see some spillover into secondary markets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we know of some of the hyperscalers; they build a, a, a data center just for their own use, and they put a electrical substation right on the on the site to to power it. Right? <laughs> that's how yeah. much yeah. how much energy they're consuming. <laughs> well, and and you know, it just just as I thought about this, there's also the the considerations about. You know, renewable sources, um, green energy. You know, maybe maybe building closer to areas where there is more land, more space, renewable energy sources. Yeah. Um, you know, there's also considerations like in the Southwest in California, where water is so scarce. Yeah, you're going to be able to. Is that going to be a spot where you can you can um, you know place a data center? Um, and then there's of course uh, the the never ending. Um, you know, onslaught of new technology and AI in terms of being more efficient. Um, mm. I read somewhere that you know uh, one of the big hyperscale uh, cloud providers was able were able to reduce their cooling costs by some forty percent by using AI. Um, mm. Which, of course, you know the use of AI just it's like a it's like a positive feedback loop, right? The use of yes, it is on data centers. And so um, it's like it's you're you're solving a problem and and presenting a, a, a use case in, in one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we've had conversations with some data center operators that are getting away from even water cooling. They're using, uh, you know, to air or or some other method to, to where they don't need to use water, and it's kind of a self-contained system, kind of like air conditioning, but. Um, um, but they have they have a customized technique that they do that. So I think there's a recognition about the, you know, sustainability and the green aspects of data centers that uh, comes into play. And there's an economic implication of that too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, good. Look, this is this is good. Um, uh, I, I think it, I think we pretty much covered the the points I was interested in. But I want to give you an opportunity. Any any wrap up or concluding remarks you'd like to. Um, uh, offer as as we uh, wrap this up. You know, we really appreciate it. I, I think it's just for me having a practice which is involved in the digital uh, infrastructure space and and you know towers and and traditional telco infrastructure. It, it's exciting to see something that is is you know hand in glove, um, resilient, and and you know growth focused. Um, and and frankly exciting going forward. So 
Um, I know that there's always headwinds and there's certainly going to be headwinds um, in 2023, but it, but we look forward to continuing to serve clients and help deploy uh, infrastructure throughout mm-hmm. the country um, to ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, to uh, ensure that experiences um, that we all, I think, take for granted in some respects um, with connectivity with friends and family and loved ones, um, you know, that continues to, uh, to be possible. I don't think any of us are giving up our phones and we certainly want our broadband connections for whatever use. Right. So uh, absolutely, all of that, all of that ties back to a data center at some point. Right. That's right. Yeah. Good. Um, good. Well, um, so if, how can, how can some interested parties find out more about, um, uh, Hush Blackwell's telecom practice. Sure, John. So, um, you know, I would I would add to to Jake's remark about excitement excitement in this industry. I think in general and about the telecom industry, and we sort of do it all here at Hush Blackwell. Um, that's not to say we don't encounter new issues, but we get through them um, with some innovative and creative solutions. So. Mm-hmm. It, it, interested in finding out more about us you can check out our website www.hushblackwell.com and just look for either jake or me or for the telecom team and you'll find us yeah excellent so will you will you be attending any of the upcoming industry conferences um yeah absolutely we're going to be we're looking forward to being at uh, wia's connectx okay uh, in may um, okay. and uh, expect that this will be a topic that will be at issue among the other interesting topics that are going to be available there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, we can't really speak about one aspect of infrastructure without talking about the other, right? They're all interconnected with, uh, uh, in one way or another. And, um, you know, that, that should be a good conference, actually. I think uh, there's a lot of, a lot of topics that are very timely at this point in, in our, uh, evolution. So, um, uh, well, well, we'll look forward to seeing you both there and uh, spending some time. So, but look, Thanks. guys, th- this has been great. I uh, really appreciate the conversation uh, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, to catching up with you uh, in, in, in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Bye, John. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. Stay tuned for an upcoming Tower Talks episode. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.